1: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the TireRack.com Studios. TireRack.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road hassle protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Welcome in. My man Chris Felika is going to join us. He's getting ready, like so many of us, for the national championship game tonight. Which is weird, right? I'm not the only one that thinks it's weird. Usually college football Saturday, NFL Sunday... So I'm just trying to figure out, like, what would be a better play? Would next Saturday be a better one? And remember, with the new playoff coming out, I think it's going to be uh, more end of end of January. It's like the 25th is next year's championship game. Bayer, let me ask you. You know all things, uh, and and another good, a good not great uniform matchup tonight. It's not that Washington's is not great, and it's you know, it's always been the same. But it's not as synonymous with championship football as Michigan is, right? Um, yeah. even though it's been a long time since Michigan won
4: one. Well, Michigan's you know helmet is is iconic. As much as I can't stand them, I can't admit that. The Washington going all white uniforms, like no purple, you know. Yeah. Um, I think adds a little less color. And Michigan not going with the gold pants, going with the blue pants tonight, just makes it a very. And I think you know, I think monochrome, all one color, can work. You know, even Washington has an all-purple uniform. I'm looking at highlights right now, and and it works at times. But just to have blue on white, yeah,
1: I don't know. Okay, what about the game? If you could pick a day for it to work best, it just—I don't know. Especially like Black Monday, like we have all this coaching firings and getting ready for the NFL playoffs, yeah. and oh, it just—it feels like we like didn't have another day for it, so we forced it in this day.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think that I, I think you could do it on Thursday. I think Thursday would be a good lead-in. You have your Thursday night game that we're so accustomed to, and then you have, you know, a full wild-card weekend. That would give us a couple of days to talk about this. I just checked in with some, you know, buddies of mine in in Houston um, down there and, you know, work at our affiliate 790 in in Houston and said, what's the buzz today? They said, oh, it's, it's all Texans making the playoffs. Like there's no Washington or Michigan, you know, hype it's all about texans winning the afc south and hosting the playoff game on saturday so even in in that setting obviously it would have been different if texas would have beaten washington you would have had the longhorns in that game but yeah yeah kind of crazy that they also even, haven't
1: been able to get it right in terms of the location you know last year you had tcu in georgia in la it was raining like it was and it was a blowout it was just not great you know no matter how many georgia fans there are like that's a long way and this year, Houston had Texas been in it; it'd been unbelievable. Obviously, um, any of the SEC, Michigan will travel well. I'm sure Washington will travel well because they haven't been there in so long. But it's just, it's just those those schools are not synonymous with the area.
4: Yeah, correct. And they, there's a reason that like, college football isn't the NFL. So they, I, and I know that they're going to these places where there's newer stadiums, but. So I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. I, You know, SoFi versus the Rose Bowl was the discussion last week. And, you know, for the sake of this argument, uh, you know, I would say that it it, it also fits. Um, you know, Santa Clara was a complete disaster when you had the two best teams in college football at that time in Clemson and Alabama. Like, it was just there's only certain spots that you can really go to. And I, and I do think, by the way, I do think Houston could be one of them, but it just it has to be like. LSU needs to be there or you need to have an SEC team or it has to be Texas or you know like that's that has to happen when you have a Pac-12 and a Big Ten and soon to be double Big Ten you know matchup yeah it just doesn't doesn't work yeah it's a weird it's a weird thing Georgia and Alabama played in Indianapolis and it was weird yeah you know no, I mean so, that, one,
1: that one only works in Atlanta or New Orleans
4: Yeah, yeah
1: Atlanta or New Orleans you know maybe Miami as well you know um, but it does feel like Houston should be better than this. Part of it is that place is such a it, – it's so big. It's so oversized big. It's its just a big box. I don't know. I'm not in love. Although, you know, one of the great iconic college basketball games was there. That was the Villanova-North Carolina finals. Sure. And it was it, – but it was still, again, just carnivorous uh, – not
4: carnivorous, cavernous place. Yeah, it was also the home of the 2011 – yeah, which Butler, was Butler, VCU. Right. Yeah, UConn, Connecticut. Yeah, that Final Four.
1: Um, so, okay, so that, that's that's upcoming tonight. We'll preview that. Chris Felica will join us, okay? He's got the Bear Bets podcast. But let's talk about what we loved and what we hated from the weekend.
5: What did you love? God, I love you. And what did you hate?
6: Meet these player haters.
1: Okay, um, let's go around the room a little bit. Um, Jay Stu, uh, you know... I'd love to know what you love, because usually you just hate everything.
7: That's a good point. Um, and I'm going to throw you a curveball, guys. Uh, pun intended. Dodgers baseball. Um, this, uh, kind of, this
1: Dodgers baseball. Yeah,
7: this flew way under the radar yesterday. Yeah, for just a like reason. In the middle of everything, the Dodgers signed a one-year contract uh, for Te- Teoscar Hernandez. Sure. Power-hitting right-handed outfielder who will give you like 25 to 30 home runs, might not get 100 runs, and he's going to be their everyday outfielder. That gives a right-lefty right-lefty combination off the top of their order. I mean, I guess the biggest problem is, what do you do with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, uh, and Shohei Otani, and now Teos- Teoscar Hernandez? I mean, how do you assemble them at the top of your order? Um, that's our biggest problem going into the season. Mm-hmm. And I love that.
1: I'm going to give you one before I come back around my sports love. Okay? All right. So, uh, as you guys on the show know, uh, Matt Holiday, former all-star with the St. Louis Cardinals, is one of my dear friends. Matter of fact, when I go back to Stillwater, Oklahoma, which I've done several times this year consulting with Oklahoma State Basketball, um, he and his family—they like insist that I stay with them. Like I have another buddy who's moved out of town; he's got a house, and I stay there, and or you know, stay at a hotel, whatever. And they were like, "No, you got to stay with us." So I, they're they're incredible people. Well, Jackson Holiday, number one prospect in minor league baseball, uh, not this year, previous year, 2022's number one overall pick in the draft. He got married this weekend. Congratulations to him and he and Chloe. They got married. So, but that's not what I love. Okay. Oklahoma State was playing Baylor. Right. I'm, ge- I'm watching the game on my phone, and then watching other games on TV. Getting ready for the Indiana Ohio State game, and I'm texting back and forth with Matt about the game. And I was like, "Hey, it's like 3:03. Isn't Jackson getting married?" Sends me a picture. Yeah, he's getting married in 27 minutes. They were sitting there watching the game, waiting for the, waiting for the game to be over before they started the wedding. I just love that. That's awesome. That's so great. Anyway, go ahead there, uh, uh, Dan Byer.
4: I loved seeing the, uh, the Texans-Colts game provide all the drama that you could have hoped for. And I, I feel bad for Tyler Goodson and Gardner Minshew um, to have the, the moment that they had on the fourth down. But I also thought it was a perfect representation of what the NFL is. Uh, you know, Jay Stu's been on the product all season long and, and how uh, poorly of a product it is and who knows what's going to happen. And I thought that that was a perfect representation that even the most simplest, easiest of plays was difficult to complete. And in this instance, it cost the Indianapolis Colts a chance at a playoff berth. Um, and just to see C.J. Stroud perform like he did, like it was, it wasn't a perfect football game. It was a really good football game because of the the highs and lows that it had. And I just kind of felt like the, the ending was just I don't know, pretty fitting. Plus, I called the safety. I knew the Texans were going to take a safety at six. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Saturday night
7: was uh, was a
4: good night for football.
1: Saturday night's all right for fighting as well. Um, also good for Did fighting. you
7: see Steichen? Um, I mean, there are a lot of lip readers on this, but I think it was pretty but, accurate. He said something like, that's on you. He was talking to Minshew. Because it was there, but I think is what he said. That saying, right?
4: actually, that clip, unfortunately, was from a play earlier in the game. It was like in the first half. It wasn't yeah. from the last. Oh, that's what yeah. was discovered.
7: Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, then I'm behind on that one. That's all right. Disregard. I'll no, clean that up. And you're, you're not
4: behind on it because everybody thought that, but nobody like called it out. And then we because Steichen was looking the other way. Like that was on the other out of the field from where their sideline was yeah but again like anything that goes viral nobody reads anything they just look at it and say oh that's what it is so yeah <laughs>
7: don't worry about I'm it i'm guilty of that yeah lorena
3: okay doug i'm really excited to tell you okay this is a big moment for lorena right now i got six for zero on my picks this weekend
7: Six, four, zero?
1: six
3: and zero right like all six my things 0. won yeah. yeah all my teams won
7: six and zero in the nfl dog that is, when were those know, picks made? How hard is that? On Friday, on the show?
3: Yeah, on uh, Covino and Rich's show.
1: Oh, okay. Against yeah. the line, or just straight up? Uh, you just pick up, the winners straight, straight, up. Up. Yeah, straight, straight up. up. Yeah, straight up. That's amazing. Thank you. That's amazing. Was there a? Did you have a system?
3: No, no. It was pure off the the whim of my thoughts.
1: <laughs> I love that.
7: It well, doesn't you. that show though, Doug. Isn't that a perfect example? Yes. Of how full of crap people are when they try to pick NFL games. This is nothing against Lorraine. She had an amazing weekend.
1: No offense taken. Not you. But you're an idiot, okay? That's what I'm saying here. That's what I – yeah. you, you just – no, but you're saying there are people that say they have numbers and Correct. they have all this system, and if you call 1-800-99-BETS, you know, you're going to need a number, another number. <laughs> um, <laughs> you go, 99 bets, one. Anyway, uh, yeah, it, it does. I mean, like, look, this happens with me with the NCAA tournament, you know? Like, I study this thing. I know all these teams. I call the coaches, whatever. But sports is weird that way. Sports is weird that way. Yeah, it, it's a great example. Um, okay, something I love from the weekend? Whew, there's so many things I love. I, I I loved Jordan Love playing the way he played and the, the throws he made. Just because, um, not because I, I told people I understood why he was drafted three years ago, that we forget Aaron Rodgers was coming off a disappointing year and he was a developmental prospect. But like, we didn't have, you don't know, none of us know anything here sitting in a studio, especially at home. Okay, we just don't. The only way you're going to tell if Jordan Love can play or can't play is if he played 17 games. And he did. And you know what? He's pretty good. Does that mean that he's the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? It does not. But he's way better than the way he had been discussed. This team was way better than the disaster that they were predicted to be. And there were so many that knew so little that said he wasn't good at football without really watching. I just, I, I thought that was great. All right. What about the other side? Something you hated. Uh, we do have plenty of time left, Jay Stu, for you to go into your hatred list.
7: Yeah, I think of all the things that I hated over the weekend, I, I couldn't stand watching the Chargers lose. Now, it was very predictable, and it could actually help them as they, they secured, I think, the fifth overall pick in the draft. But watching them lose yesterday was a reminder of how god-awful this season is. Like, I don't think they get enough crap for having the season that they did. This was a team that was primed with talent i think and they completely underwhelmed and the way that they played the last four or five weeks without brendan staley i like the effort i like the guts but it also was an indictment on the decision to keep brendan staley around um so the Chargers losing yesterday the reason why i hated it it was a reminder of just how awful they played this season
1: Uh, Dan Beyer?
4: Well, by the time that uh, Matt Prater took the field to kick not one but two field goals, that likely would have put it away for the Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks' playoff hopes had had been uh, extinguished by the Green Bay Packers' victory. So, I know it's only two draft spots, but the Seahawks winning a game on a missed 51-yard field goal at the gun where they could have moved up a little bit higher in the first round was actually very frustrating because in the times where you needed them to win, like in Week 17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they couldn't do it. But then when there's, hey, nothing going on, luck goes their way and they end up winning a uh, football game. So, by the way, that kick... Also, missed by Prater, allowed the Cardinals to jump the Chargers and move ahead of them in the draft. Otherwise, the Chargers would have been picking fourth overall if Prater uh, makes the kick and the Cardinals beat the Seahawks.
1: Mm. That's good. Uh,
4: Okay, what about you there, Lorena? Okay, this
3: one's not necessarily sports-related, but you know we live in Southern California, and it has just been so cold this weekend. I can't even step outside. The breeze is just shivering. I can't do it.
1: How cold is it?
3: 53 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah, it sounds ridiculous, okay? It, it's, it is ridiculous. It doesn't
1: sound ridiculous, Lorena. <laughs> okay? It is ridiculous, Lorena.
3: I think about our friends on the East Coast, and I'm like, I know you are just in a snowstorm. Oh, yeah. My, my buddy Pequot
1: Pat, he's in town. He's in L.A. from Westport, Connecticut. So he's missing this big storm that's He's probably Most...
3: wearing shorts and a tank top right now in California. He is. <laughs> he is.
1: He is. Uh, big gold chain as well. No, no question. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Something else that I hate. Oh, this one. Um, there was other things that I love. Did, did you guys see Jake Browning's girlfriend? and her outfit yesterday?
7: You hated that, huh?
1: I did not hate that. Did not hate that. I had the opposite of hate with that one. I mean, that's that's her job. Right? Cheer for your guy and look hot doing it. She accomplished both tasks. I mean, he even had his his jersey number on on the onesie thing she was wearing?
3: I'm going to have Solid. to look this up. I love a good outfit. You haven't seen it? No.
7: Google Jake Browning's girlfriend. Yes.
1: Actually Lorena, I'd love your take here on, on the on the outfit. Uh before we get to before we get to my what I hate. What do you think though, Lorena? Give me two seconds. You're a slow typer. I
3: didn't really want to type. exit out of my Amazon shopping cart.
1: Oh <laughs> So sell, selling out what you're really doing instead of following the show. <laughs> I love that.
3: No. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I like the hat. The hat for sure. But that body onesie, okay, girl. If your body eats like that you could wear that all day
1: exactly right Mm-hmm. cheer for your man look hot doing it she accomplished both tasks um I'll tell you what I hate I hate people misinterpreting Tom Izzo's rant about analytics so Tom Izzo went on this rant yesterday they lost last night to Northwestern in basketball and Michigan State was a preseason top 10 team and they start out the season in disappointing fashion. And then up until that game, they'd won five in a row, um, starting with a Baylor win. And Baylor's a good team. But th- they, they lose, and it wasn't close to Northwestern, 88 to 74. So he's like, I hate analytics and blah, 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 blah. But if you listen to the meat of the rant, it was more about toughness and about physicality and how analytics can't, doesn't track that. That was what it was about. But, you know, people are so defensive of analytics and they want because he's an old white guy that somehow he's missing the point of analytics. They're not actually listening to the gist of what he's saying. I just hate when we make assumptions about things. And, and look, again, if you just list, listen to that I hate analytics, you're like, oh, well, he hates analytics. He's no. But the meat of the rant was Northwestern was way more physical and impose their will on Michigan State. And you can't look at analytic data and find that out. I despise people that listen to rants like that and come up with the wrong narrative
5: from it. And that's love and hate. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith show podcast on the iHeartRadio radio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Doug Gottlieb show rolls on. Remember shortly after the show. Okay. Our podcast will be up. Now, if you don't know this, we actually have a, um, a podcast only hour that's available at the end of every show. Just search Doug Gottlieb, wherever you download your podcast you can also subscribe, review, rate our podcast. Again, just go to Doug Gottlieb, wherever you download your podcast, and you'll see today's show, including our bonus hour podcast. Uh, let's welcome in Chris Felika. He's got the Bear Bats podcast. Of course, uh, you know him. He's synonymous with college football. He's on Big Noon Kickoff. He joins us at uh, as we're getting ready for the national championship game. And F- Feliques, um, what are your thoughts on on the timing of the game? Again, like... I I don't know when the perfect time to do it is, but I do feel like, you know, Black Monday day after the NFL season, it doesn't necessarily get the attention it deserves. If I were to give you carte blanche, hey dude, figure this thing out. When would you put it?
5: I, I don't necessarily mind it tonight because I, I think it kind of continues the whole the Monday night football kind of kind of thing. So and, and it does give it's a standalone time. I mean, you, you're not going to do it on a Saturday, opposite NFL playoffs. You're not going to do it on a Friday, uh, the, the week before the weekend. Because said Friday is like a dead TV day, so I don't necessarily have a problem with it tonight. Because I think I, I, th- I think people are uh, excited about uh, a championship, excited about a championship game, excited about uh, the NFL playoffs coming up, and I, I, I think I think it's a good spot now. Uh, maybe do you move it up a week or so? Like like I think that's the That's the thing I have the biggest issue with in terms of uh, the the playoff and and the postseason is just how – there is so much time between the end of the regular season and the semifinals, and I think next year it will help it'll help a little bit with the expansion. But at the same time, I still think there's going to be too much time between the, the the first round on campus and the other games. I think they need to do uh, a little bit better a better of a job, kind of compressing the schedule that there isn't as much downtime. Because uh, I think what we saw in the semifinals last week as dramatic. And close and exciting as those games were, they weren't necessarily the crispest, cleanest, the most efficiently played games. And I think uh, the, the off time had a lot to do with that. Yeah, well, there, there is the.
1: Was it the off time or was it the pressure? Right, that, that's the question. You know, like Michigan, their special teams weren't bad all year; they were disaster. Is it the off time or is it the pressure?
5: Yeah, no, I, I think that's certainly uh, something as well. It's the pressure. It's an unfamiliar environment from where. Uh, these teams were playing throughout the year. You got, you got a team in, uh, in in Washington who had been, I mean, and never thought. I, I think in a million they'd be in under this uh, environment. And you got a team like in Michigan who, like, they, this is kind of their year after two years of disappointments in the college football playoff that they thought that, that this was going to be their year. And then there, there they were uh, trying to figure out how to how to get a drive against an Alabama team that they didn't have much success against uh, in the second half. So yeah, no, I, I think I think. I mean, look. I mean, you have played college athletics at the highest possible letter. I mean, you, level. I mean, level. I mean, you know better than anyone. Like, like, it, it, it's a the Sweet Sixteen, Final Four. Like, like, that's that's a big deal. I mean, it, it takes a special person to go out there and just kind of deliver on that level without without being immune to the to the pressure. Okay, um,
1: fifty-five is the total, and right now it's a, what a five-point line. I'm looking at on yeah. my phone. Uh, what are your thoughts on the numbers?
5: I tend to think under is probably the, the the way to go in this game. I don't think they're going to be a ton of possessions. I can really see this being – remember the Michigan-Penn State game earlier this year uh, where Michigan, I think, ran the ball 30-something straight plays uh, because they essentially knew that Penn State, even if they did stop their run one drive, they weren't going to score. But here it's going to be a little different, though, because I think Michigan will use that running game as kind of a uh, complementary means to – Pull their defense out and keep Washington off the field. So I can see a fewer number of possessions tonight, a fewer number of plays, lower scoring, which in, in that sense I think does favor Michigan. Um, if, you, if you go back historically uh, in, in these championship games, like in, in the 45 games in the college football playoff or the BCS, you, you've had 30 favorites win outright, but 24 of them covered the number. And of the 21 dogs that covered, 15 one-hour. that it kind of tells you that the spread hasn't mattered more often than not. Like If you like Michigan, don't be afraid to, to lay the points or even lay maybe an adjusted line. But if you like Washington, just play them on the money line because more often than not, uh, these underdogs that wind up covering also wind up winning the game. I'm in the Michigan camp. Uh, I think the, the the best unit on the field – is their well? I should say that the Washington the Washington offense potentially special on the best, you know, field, but I think the matchup that, that, that Michigan has the, the best advantage in is their offensive line and their running game against that Washington defense. And I ultimately think that that will be the difference in the game. I can kind of see Michigan pulling away in the second half, and maybe some type of maybe something along the lines of like thirty to seventeen, thirty to twenty-one, something along those lines.
1: All right. So you like you like Michigan in the under. Yeah. Does Jim Harbaugh coach at Michigan next year?
5: No, no. And I think if you've listened to to Bruce Sullivan on Big Game Kickoff or the other shows that he's done, uh, he basically has laid it out, saying there's going to be some type of penalty, there's going to be some type of punishment next year uh, awaiting Jim Harbaugh at Michigan if he is the coach. And like, this is the longest he's ever held on to one job. Like you go back to his days at San Diego, you go back to his days at Stanford go back to his days at the 49ers, Like this is as long as he's been in one place. And I think, I mean, certainly that Chargers job uh, with Justin Herbert a quarterback and being in Southern California, get familiar with the California area. Like, like that's a pretty damn attractive job to uh, to take. And I mean, some of these NFL jobs that are opening up, I think, would certainly uh, catch his eye. But I would be very surprised uh, if this was not Jim Harbaugh's last game at Michigan tonight. Remember, too, when he took the job. Uh, where Michigan was, lowest of lows, and he said his goal was to restore Michigan to to being uh, a dominant force and a power in college football, and I certainly think uh, he's done that win-or-lose tonight in the championship game.
1: Um, Okay, let let me ask you, as a guy who does it for a living, how difficult was bowl season in terms of picks and bets, especially for the uh, uh, non-college football playoff uh, picks and bets?
5: I actually had a pretty good bowl season, uh, not to like spoil your your question, and I think the way I approached it was if you kind of just ignored and went against all these massive line moves that kind of got out of control, you did really well. Uh, if you live bet games in-game after watching uh, a, a few drives, you, you, like in the USC Louisville game, for example, like you knew – uh, how this game was going to end. So uh, if you were able to just ignore, the, the, I guess the, the most difficult thing for, for people to do is kind of forget everything that you saw in the regular season because those players weren't there. And you were looking at completely different circumstances, completely different players, completely different coaching staff, completely different motivations and such. So if you are able to forget what you saw and what you thought you knew in the regular season, you might have come out doing pretty well.
1: Chris Valiga is our guest. Bear Bats, Bats is the podcast. You should download that wherever you download podcasts. Of course, you saw them all year on Big Noon Kickoff. Um, all right, uh, who's the MVP at tonight's game? I what, what, forget what the betting odds is. I mean, obviously, you sit there and you go, quarterbacks are the best pick. Is there any I'm, – I'm guessing you're saying J.J. McCarthy uh, because you have them winning, but is there anybody off the board outside those two quarterbacks?
5: Yeah, I, I would look to play Quorum. I think Quorum has the opportunity to have a uh... – a big game, and even Donovan Edwards is someone who has not had a, uh, a massive season, like I think a lot of people thought he would have. But maybe in a game like this, he, he breaks a couple of long runs, and maybe he's a guy to take a look at. If you're looking at one bet, the bet that I like the most, and again, it's something that maybe not everybody's going to have access to, uh, and maybe not everybody's going to want to lay a big price, but. Uh, the, to have to be uh, no offensive or defense, no defensive or special teams touchdowns scored in the game. That's minus two seventy on draft games. So, like that's the that's the t- the play that I like the most, regardless of price, but, w- within reason. Uh, there really aren't dynamic returners involved in the game. I don't think they're going to be in a ton of possessions. I don't think these teams turn the ball over quite often. Uh, Penix and McCarthy don't throw picks. So I, I can see not a lot of possessions not a lot of offense not a lot of turnovers and, and just a game that kind of is shortened by uh, by ball control so I don't think I don't think the defenses or special teams uh, will score tonight so if you're if you're willing to be able to say okay I'll lay 270 to 100 on that I think that's my favorite bet on the board
1: Uh, It's Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's Chris Felica. He's joined us all season long in college football with the Bear Bets. Download his Bear Bets podcast. Of course, also, if you like the ponies, he's great on that as well. Feliques, enjoy the game. Look forward to talking to you soon. I will. Take care, Doug. Be well. All right. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, How do you see it tonight, Dan, in terms of the national championship game?
4: Yeah, I I know that there's a lot of momentum with Washington, uh, but just – when Michigan comes in, and, and not that Oregon didn't hit Washington in the mouth, and no other team did, but they just play with the physicality on both sides of the ball in all fa- all phases. Uh, Secondary is going to hit you, safeties are going to hit you, corners are going to lock you up, and it gets very frustrating. And then the running game that Michigan can lean on, yeah. and Blake Corum starts getting seven and eight yards, and eight and nine yards, and then all of a sudden, then there's one for twenty-two. It's just, it's it's really tough. Um, I, I just, I know people love Washington. I just, I just think Michigan wins.
1: There's no reason not to love Washington. I, like I love Michael Penix, but you and I, we watched the whole season, right? He went through a stretch there where he wasn't very good. They weren't very good, and he was spectacular in the in the Pac-12 championship game. He was very, very good in the in the semifinal. But again, like let's track it back. Um, what Chris Felica is talking about is the game plan, right? Fewer possessions, and what happens, and we see this in basketball as well. Like when you in basketball when you hold the ball against a team that's high scoring and fast paced, right? They get the ball back, and they're going to sometimes take a quick bad shot because they're they're emotionally kind of frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see some of that with Washington, where. You know, again, Michigan. You want they want to play from ahead. It's not like they can't throw, and obviously they showed against Alabama. They come from behind, but they're the type of team that I believe can keep him off the field longer. And when he's on the field, sometimes you try and cheat, ste- cheat steps. You don't need to cheat. Now, here's, here's one other part to it. Is uh, and this goes along with your part? Is their physicality? Like this is why it's harder. And 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 Washington's a really good roster. Michigan's got a fantastic roster. And what happens is, the first game, the semifinal, and I think this is the thought of what will happen eventually when you go to three games for the playoff, is the attrition of the two games in a fairly short period of time, it just wears you down. And so... Okay, okay, you you won your first game against Texas, who's a big, pretty physical. Uh, they, they got some dudes out there. But that wears you down for the next game where you're playing against a really physical team. I don't think this is Georgia TCU of last year, but I do think Michigan's overall talent is better. I think they're good, solid at quarterback. I think they're good at running back. I think they're just good. There's no real weaknesses. And then they're great in terms of their overall flying around defensively and their line sure. play. So... Uh, and I also think they got the nerves out last week. You know, you could not have looked tighter. You know, dropping punts. Now, if you fumble one early, does it come back and all of a sudden here we go again? Sure. But I'm I'm with you. I think it's Michigan. The over. The only question is uh, how much do people score? I,
4: I'll 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 say this. I'm intrigued by the coin toss because if you win the coin toss, if you're Washington. You know how great would it be to get the football to go out and score right away? Start to play your type of game. Yeah. Uh, if Michigan gets, you know, you know the the toss, they'll likely uh, defer and then have Washington come out and try to score right away. But if that doesn't happen, uh, if Michigan takes say an early seven nothing lead, like just right from the get go, and how the game can kind of change. Yeah, it's just it, there's there's not a lot of teams like Michigan in college football. And 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 that's the tough part to, to go up against and I I think that I think JJ McCarthy is a little overhyped, but when you don't need him to make throws, uh, that's best case scenario for Michigan because their running game is is so good and that's where I I just think they end up winning it tonight.
1: Should be really, fortunately really Yeah. No. I mean, and look, and we could both be wrong. I mean, just, that's the other part. Is, I hope like,
4: I'm wrong. I really yeah. hope I am. Yeah. I, and and
1: it, this doesn't have to do with anti. Like I like Harbaugh. I, some people don't. I I I like him. I think he's exactly who he purports himself to be. Yeah.
4: You know. That's why he's got a pass over all this stuff. You know. Yeah. Nobody talks yeah. about it.
1: Yeah. So. Um. But, I love this Washington story. And it's a really good team. And then you have the, I think the coach is a stud. I think the quarterback's a stud. I think they're loaded at wide receiver. I've had NFL people tell me like, this is a really talented, sneaky, really talented team. But I just think, you know, championships are one up front. And that's how Michigan's Michigan's built. Be sure to catch the live
5: edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
6: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Tireac.com studios. Remember, after the show, we got the podcast, the live one-hour version of the, of the show. You Got to download that one wherever you download podcasts. Check it all out. And, of course, just type in Doug Gottlieb show wherever you download podcast. Let's get to the press. The
4: Press. Yeah, Byer, what do you got? Let's pay off our tees right away, Doug. Warriors forward Draymond Green, who is set to return from his suspension sometime later this week, admitted that Commissioner Adam Silver talked him out of retirement following his most recent suspension. Draymond was ready to give it all up, and Silver said, Nah, settle down. Let's just take some time here. Work this all out. And Green, on his podcast, uh, on the volume, said that he appreciated uh, Silver uh, being there for players. And he will not retire and will return to the Warriors.
1: I was really concerned he might retire. Hmm. I'm kidding. I know you are. I mean, look, does he have it set up to work for TNT and have his podcast? Yes. But stop it. Like, you're not retiring. He just signed a four-year extension a year and a half ago. You know, he will retire at the end of that four years. Maybe, 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 maybe. So I don't, it's one of those things where it's like, "Jeez, come on, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, this was his first podcast of, of the new contract with the podcast with the volume. Yeah, I mean, it's how you get people to download podcasts, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. And this was right under my nose, and I missed it. But here's him making that uh, admission. I had a conversation with Adam Silver. I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. It's all becoming too much for me, and I'm going to retire. And Adam said, Ah, uh, you're making a very rash decision, and I won't let you do that. Can't do it.
1: Yes, I'm sure Adam Silver says, I, I'm not going to let you do that. That's actually not how it works. If you want to retire, you get to retire. Now, do I think he talked him off the ledge? Of course. Of course. Um, But I don't buy. That's like for one. I would have just gone like, okay, go retire.
4: Fine. (laughs) Uh, Bye. Bye. See you later. See ya. Yes. The uh, Ron Rivera era is over with the Washington Commanders after a 4-13 and campaign. He was relieved of his duties after four seasons on the job.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, look, he was hired by a different owner with a different general manager, and th- this thing didn't work. He never had the quarterback, He, he th- you know, to make it work. Um, I, but I just, again, I want to make sure that people know the Riverboat Ron nickname was because the conservative Ron Rivera you saw this year, that's who he's been. And there were a couple years where he was just like, ah, the hell with it. Let's just let it roll with Carolina Panthers. And they gave him kind of the comical nickname Riverboat Ron. So just things that we need to set straight, right? Tim Duncan was a center for most of his career. It's Nowitzki or Nowitzki. It's Nowitzki, not Nowitzki. And Riverboat Ron was sarcasm.
4: Uh, I do have to pass this along I I mentioned it in my Sunday show Lorena was there yesterday But this from Nerding on NFL uh, NFL nerd For the first time ever in the NFL The three Lake Erie teams Have all made the postseason In the same year Yes That is (laughs) Erie Detroit, Cleveland, and Buffalo All making it to the postseason uh, In the same season For the first time ever and then it yeah. got into a discussion about the Great Lakes. You know all the Great Lakes, Doug?
1: Um, Michigan, Superior, Huron, Erie, and Lake Carl Blackwell.
4: Ontario. Ontario, I know. Ontario. It's
1: pretty good, though, right? Yeah, yeah four out of
4: five. Yeah, Better than some yesterday. They'll go nameless. And that's the press.
1: Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Ontario Dairy. That's uh, the, the Canadian the town there. That it. Uh, that's why they call it the, the, the Ontario. Check out the podcast. Remember, type in Doug Gottlieb, and you can download podcast. I got my national championship game pick coming up next hour in the podcast. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show.
8: When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a ten year, one hundred thousand mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do.
0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha
3: Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,